great mystery series, and we're going to finish that up tonight. Uh, part 7, uh, I'll just read it real quick. You don't have to stand. Uh, Ephesians 3.8 has been our text. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Amen. And so as we wrap up this series uh, of the great mystery, the mystery that we are told that God himself purposely hid since the beginning of the world, uh, God hid this mystery from the Jews, from the Old Testament prophets, from the people of Israel. They, they couldn't see this mystery, the church. And Jesus really didn't even begin to hint about this mystery, the church, until about halfway through the book of Matthew. We start seeing him talking about uh, things that can be interpreted and uh, towards this new thing that God is doing. Um, and so... We see in Matthew 16 and 18, actually where the first time the actual word church is used in the whole New Testament. And it says, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's never, Jesus never mentioned the church before until now. Uh, and so he's starting to teach his disciples, the twelve, about this mystery that had been hid from the beginning of the world. And so if it is Jesus' church and he is the one that is building it, then it can't be revealed in the Old Testament because Jesus has to be the one to reveal it uh, since he is the builder of it. And so we know that Jesus uh, doesn't uh, show up. He shows up as the Old Testament is dying out, as we see and this New Testament is being ushered in in this, uh, this time in between the transition period, if you will, where Jesus comes. And so it's no wonder that people in the Old Testament could not see the church. It was just introduced in Matthew 16. Or even had any kind of idea about it. And we, we looked at that huge gap in Isaiah 9 verse 6 where the prophet saw the child being born and the government being upon his shoulder but he didn't see the 2,000-year gap in between, which is the mystery of the church that Jesus just so happens to fit in between that time. Um, and we saw the prophet Daniel who, was told the, who told the future even was given a specific timeline for Israel. Seventy weeks is given to Israel. And then the everlasting righteousness will be ushered to the earth. But what happened in the 69th week, as we found out, that the Messiah was cut off, and God hit pause on Israel's timeline, and during this period of time, which Israel is waiting for the 70th week to, to finish, um, I don't know if Israel is, understands that, we understand this, uh, hopefully Israel understands that as well, but nonetheless, one week is left for Israel. Um, and so while Israel is waiting for that, God unveils the church and begins working through it. And Daniel did not see that massive 2,000-year gap between week 69 and the 70th that is yet to come. Even when he was asked, what does these parts mean? 
God said, don't worry about it, Daniel. It is shut up for the end of time. It's not for you to see or know. Let's just call this a mystery. And so Daniel saw a lot of things, but he did not see the church underneath the clouds. And Paul comes along and tells us of the mystery that happens to the mystery, how the church is being raptured out of this world, taken from the wrath to come. And if the Jews got upset that Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah and they killed him over that, can you imagine what they would do if they found out? That God is going to rapture Gentiles out of this earth so that they would escape a coming tribulation where the Jews were going to be front and center of that tribulation. Can you imagine how upset they're going to be? If they kill Jesus, man, they've got a temper, don't they? And so it's no wonder that God kept that a mystery from them. I can't let that thing out because if they do that to me, Lord have mercy. And so... And then we saw when Jesus was teaching about the church that he was using language and examples of a Jewish marriage. And he wasn't engaged to Israel any longer. That will make him upset. He divorced them. Uh, but the bride of Christ is now the church. And so now you really will make them mad to see the bride of Christ taken to the Father's house for a week, and while all of hell is being released on earth and two-thirds of the Jews are killed, yet Gentiles have escaped this. Boy, oh boy, I'd better put a lid on this and keep it until the time is right. As you can see why God kept it a mystery. And so we peeked our heads into heaven from an Old Testament point of view, and then at the end of the New Testament in heaven, and we saw the differences 24 elders seated around the throne of God in heaven before and during the great tribulation period. And all of their attributes of the 24 elders match attributes given to the church in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. And so what a coincidence that is. And finally, last week we saw that the man of sin, the Antichrist, can't even be revealed until something is taken out of the way. And I believe that to be the church. And so either you can leave this earth and not know who the Antichrist is, or if you really want to know who he is, you can stay behind and get his name. And so, so much has been revealed about this mystery since Jesus appeared uh, and the New Testament began, and it appears that the church is on a different track than Israel is. And God has a plan for the church, and he has a plan for Israel. And, they, and where they merge together is in the millennial kingdom that will be arriving soon on this earth at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we will be the ones coming with Jesus in the clouds, clothed in white raiment, and, and everything that we have come to know about the church should leave us with this one thing. It should leave us with hope. As Paul kept saying, comfort one another with these things. We have hope in this present world because we are part of the church. That we are part of this mystery that even though this world will be shaken and is being shaken now, but our faith should remain firm and our trust in God and in His Word, which provides us a blessed assurance 
that Jesus is mine and that we are his. And he's got his hand upon his people no matter what happens around us because to be a part of the church is a blessing. To be included in this mystery that God had hidden from the foundations of the earth should not should shake loose any doubts in our minds, should shake loose any fears or unbelief because we are part of the church, this magical, this mysterious thing that God had been holding on to for so long. Look, God worked really hard to keep a lid on this for 4,000 years while he was getting Israel up and running, keeping a lid on this mystery. And, and then he finally let it go, and he revealed it and let it grow and blossom for these past 2,000 years. And do you think that these last few years is going to wreck or hinder what God has been working on for the past 6,000 years? Might I remind you again that the Antichrist has handcuffs on until God removes them, until he removes something out of the way that he wants out of the way. So the Antichrist has handcuffs on uh, until the church is removed. But with all of these blessings that are given to this church, just uh, church age, the bride of Christ, all of these heavenly promises that we've been looking into and, and finding ourselves here in the, in the scriptures and finding ourselves in, in heaven and, and with Jesus, uh, all of these blessings and, and how blessed we are to be a part of this thing called the church, we must not forget how we got here. How and why this mystery was even revealed and even released into this world. Because if we forget how we got here, if we don't remember the way, then as the famous saying goes, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And so how and why was this mystery revealed that we've been talking about for the past six weeks? And and it's been great for us because, yeah, man, we're part of the church. All these blessings, and man, it's great. It gives me hope and faith and courage and strength to, to know that these things that uh, Jesus and the Bible talks about are, are apply to me. And so how and why was this mystery revealed? Why do we as the church get to experience blessing? Why do we as the church get to be raptured out and Israel doesn't? Why are we given balcony seats in heaven and, and get to watch the wrath of God poured out on the earth? And Israel, the nation of God, remains here and we, remains right in the middle of it all. How do we get here? How did we get here? Romans 11, 11, I say then, have they, they being Israel, have Israel stumbled that they should fall? God forbid but rather through Israel, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. The reason that you and I are here, are sitting in these chairs tonight, experiencing the glory and the power of God in our lives is because Israel did not believe. Israel did not believe. Israel stumbled and they fell over the word of God. 
Israel rejected the ways of God and pursued their own fleshly desires. And so God said, I'll bring salvation to the Gentiles instead. If my people won't believe in me and live righteously, then I'll go find a people that will. I'll go find a people that will love me, that will appreciate me, that will do my commandments, who will be my people, and I will be their God. And that is why we are here today, is because somebody else did not believe. And God knew all of this would happen from the beginning of time, beginning of the foundation of the world. And so it's not like we're plan B. He just knew this is what's going to happen. But for us to understand why we are here is very weighty in our lives. Because if we never realized it, it was just, oh, we just showed up and, and, man, great to be in the church. Yeah, it's great to be in the church. But the church is here because Israel didn't believe. Remember, if, if they would have, if they would have uh, accepted Jesus as Messiah and, and, and crowned him king, uh, well, the, the millennial kingdom would have began and, and God would have been ruling for a thousand years as, as he had said and, and we wouldn't even be here. But they didn't, re- they didn't accept Jesus Christ. They rejected him and his word and, and they killed him. And so therefore, uh, because of their unbelief, God turned and gave salvation to the Gentiles. And so why is it re- important to remember why and how we got here? Because if we don't believe, if we forget God and pursue our own desires, and guess what? God will go find somebody else. He'll go find somebody that will believe in him, who will love him, and will appreciate his grace. And so just because we're in the church or just because we attend church does not mean that we are, we're, we're good. Israel thought they were good. But all it takes is, is pride and to lead you into destruction and, and, and start uh, rejecting God's word and his ways. And pretty soon we can end up like Israel's well. Romans eleven fifteen, Paul goes on to say, For if the casting away of them, casting away of Israel, be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? If if if, if God cast away Israel and ended up reconciling the whole entire world to him because uh, through his death he paid, sin, paid the price for sins of all mankind. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, you, you Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. And so we as Gentiles, we are wild branches. We're not really a part of this. We're not part of the nation of Israel. We're, we're wild branches. They, that We have been grafted into something that is holy. We've been just given an opportunity to be a part of this great plan that God has in store, something that was started way before you and I ever showed up. But God broke off some of the branches and gave us an opportunity to be grafted into this holy thing. I'm going to give these guys an opportunity to see if they'll accept it to be a part of my great holy plan. And so have you ever grafted in a wild branch into another tree? Have you ever grafted anything in? I, I haven't. I've heard about it and I've, I've seen it. 
If you go to Home Depot, their nursery, they have trees that you can buy where they have grafted trees together. It's called a citrus cocktail. You can buy one tree that has limes, lemons, oranges, tangelos all on it because they've, they've grafted in a lime tree. They've grafted in a, a lemon branch, a, a tangelo branch, an orange branch. I don't know what the original tree was, but they took other citrus branches and they tied it, put it all on one tree. And so now you got one tree with four or five different species uh, that have all been grafted in. That's, that's what happened to us. We're, we just showed up and God says, hey, come be a part of this thing that's been, that's been going on for thousands of years. And, and oh, uh, oh, 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 to us if we forget about how we even got here or just think God's just doing all this because of us. No, God's been doing all this a long time before we showed up. We just need to make sure that we're grateful and thankful that we're a part of this and we remain attached to the vine, attached to the tree, and attached to the root. Otherwise, we can be falling away. And so, what an opportunity that you and I have. Oh, how we ought not to take it for granted because we are given the chance to be a part of something that we really don't even really belong in. Oh, how grateful we are to be here, to be grafted in, all because of Israel's unbelief. You're sitting in that chair because somebody else did not believe. So what do we do? Since we are part of this now and the Jews are still trying to figure it all out, Paul goes on to say in verse 18, boast not against the branches. We're the church, we're Gentiles, we're a part of something great. But Paul says, don't you dare talk down about the Jews. Boast not about the branches. Don't look down at the Jews. Don't think that you're better than they are because you believe and they didn't. That you are better than they are because he says, but if thou boast... Thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. He says, remember, Gentiles, remember, church, where you came from. You do not bear the root, but the root bears you. The root supports you. You're just a branch. You're not the root. We're not the root. We're just a little branch, a part of this big thing that God has put in. And so who are we to think that we are somebody and, and, and boast, not, boast against the other branches because they did not believe? We do not bear the root, but the root bears us. Christianity is anchored in the Old Testament. Without the Jews, we wouldn't be here. Without the Old Testament, we wouldn't be here. And so even though things are different in the New Testament, we just can't cast off the Old Testament and say it doesn't matter. No, it does matter because that's where, that's where we come from. It's the great Old Testament that bears you and I and gives us this opportunity to be here today. And many churches nowadays, they, they, they'll discard the Old Testament. Yeah, we don't even got to read the Old Testament. It doesn't apply to us. Well, you have no idea where we came from then. All the promises of the Messiah, and, and yeah, we, we, we know we accept Jesus and we, we, we live according to that. But everything in the Old Testament teaches and points everything to, to Jesus Christ. And so to completely disregard the Old Testament is just like go ahead and cutting out the root of your life. Go ahead and do that and you're not going to survive very long. 
And so, uh, verse 19 of Romans 11, Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Oh, God broke those off so that he can put me in there. Because I'm so, I'm, I'm so great, and I believed, and uh, God cut them out so he can put me in. And uh, verse 20, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare thee not. Paul says, if we are not careful, if we get all caught up in the blessings of God and being part of the church, if, if we forget how we got here and, and why the mystery was revealed, we can get so high-minded just as the Jews did. And if God did not spare the Jews, if God did not spare his own people, the natural branches, don't think for one second that the wild branches, you and I, can be broken off. Because remember, we're the wild branches in all this. Romans 11, verse 22, behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. People today just like to focus on the goodness of God, but he's reminding us the goodness and severity of God. On them which fell, on Israel, his own people fell severity, judgment, but towards thee, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt also be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. And if, if the Jews uh, repent of their sins and, and turn and say, oh, forgive us, Lord, we, we crucified you, and they're going to do that one day. Uh, if they turn back to him, God can easily graft them back in. Why? Because they're the natural branches. And so if he grafted us in these wild branches, it's, it's no hard thing for God to say, okay, Jews, you're back in it now. All they have to do is to turn to God and believe in him. And, and we know that they are going to do that at his second coming in the millennial reign. The Jews will finally believe in Jesus Christ and realize that he is the Messiah and he, they will be grafted back in, which we find out and we know is the purpose of the 70th week that God told Daniel in Daniel 9.24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression to make an end of the sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. And, and we know that uh, the 69th week they killed the Messiah. They killed their Savior. And so God uh, put hit the pause button. And in that gap of time between the 69th week and the 70th week that is still yet to come, God is bringing salvation to the Gentiles because of what happened in the 69th week. And Jesus said, to whom much is given, of whom shall much be required. And so you and I are privy to a mystery that was hidden from the Jews. We know stuff the Jews don't know. Things that are revealed to us that were, was hidden to the Jews. More is given to us, more knowledge, more truth is given to us than was given to the Gentiles. 
And so to whom much is given, much is required. Uh, and so God has given us things and done things for us that he did not do to, the, to Israel. As he told this to his disciples in Matthew 13, verse 10, as the disciples came and they said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why are you speaking in parables to the nation of Israel, to the people? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you. To know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. I'm not revealing it to them. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. He says, uh, they, they're not getting it. I've tried. I'm in Matthew 13, and for, for the past 10 chapters, I've been talking to them, and they're not getting it. They're not accepting it. I can tell they're not accepting what I'm preaching. And so, therefore, I'm going to start talking in parables. Uh, and so, and verse 14, And them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye he shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, should be converted, and I would heal them. All they got to do is really, really tune into me what I'm saying, and they'll, they'll get it. But their hearts are hardened. They don't want to hear. They just want to do what they all want to do, not focus in on me. But if they do turn to me with their heart, I'll heal them and I'll graft them back in. Uh, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. What a blessing it is to be a part of the church. But many prophets and many, many righteous men and women wanted to see this. They wanted to be a part of this thing, and God said, no, it's not for you. How much more of it are we responsible for? If he shut them off and says, I'm going to let them, I'm going to let us that the Gentiles have access to a lot more stuff. And therefore, we got, we got access to a whole lot more stuff. Therefore, we're going to be responsible for a whole lot more stuff. If people in the Old Testament can live for God without the Holy Ghost and God fills us with his spirit and we can't live for God, we're in trouble. We're really in trouble. Because we know a whole lot more than the Jews did. And to whom much is given, much is required. And so if we can't live for God now, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. Noah, Noah as I said, earlier, preached earlier, Noah was the only one on the, in the world that lived, was living for God, him and his family. And if we can't do it with a Holy Ghost-filled church of believers, then, then God's got something for us. Uh, and so 
we had uh, better take it seriously since we have been given a chance and, and grace has come, and come to us. We should not take this thing for granted like it's just another casual service or just another day and, and, and not treat this thing casually. But we have to fight for this truth. We've got to hold on to it like never before because we're not going to get another chance. We're not going to get another chance. God has already given the Gentiles an opportunity to be grafted in. And so we had better love the truth and sell it not. We had better forsake our ways and follow his ways lest we get broken off too. If he did not, if he, if he did not uh, forsake the, the natural branches, who are we to think that we'll stay in it? Resistance if he would come. And so when people forget their purpose, when people forget where they come from and why they exist, what they're supposed to do, then what awaits them in their future is not going to be anything that's good. Israel forgot who they were, forgot why they were called out to be separate from the world, forgot about their God. And they ended up destroyed. But God in his mercy brought them back after 70 years captivity. He brought them back into their land and, and it started rebuilding things, rebuilding the nation. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And so then finally God shows up personally to visit his people. After all that I've done for you, I'm going to come down and visit you guys and see how things are going. What did they do? They killed him, nailed him to the cross. And so it's no question you do that to Jesus, you're going to pay for that. Destruction came some few decades later in, in the year 70 A.D. where Israel was wiped off the map, literally wiped off the map. And wasn't put back on the map till 1800, 1900 years later. And so it's no question that destruction was going to come their way again. And as we see in, in Revelation, how when the Antichrist shows up, and even Daniel tells us, shows us this. The Antichrist shows up, the Antichrist shows up, and they accept him as the Messiah. Can you imagine how mad God's going to be? They, ex they reject him, and they accept the Antichrist. The devil himself they accept to be the Messiah. And so you wonder why the 70th week hasn't happened yet. And you wonder why that's reserved for the nation of Israel. Because they're, they're still in unbelief. And it's going to take the 70th week to, to make them realize, hey, we've, we've messed up big time. And so we are all privy to all of this. And we see all of this in and through and being a part of this great mystery and how blessed we are to know this truth. And the truth will make you free. And as long as we stay in the truth, God's going to have great things for us. And, and as, uh, as uh, Paul said, we stay in his goodness, um, then we won't experience a cutting off or, or falling away as Israel did. And so what a, what, what a blessed time and blessed opportunity it is that you and I have to be a part of this thing. And as we've been talking about the great things that are promised to us, but let's not forget where we came from and why we're even here tonight. If you stand with me tonight. 
When people forget their purpose and forget where they came from and why they exist, then nothing good lies in store for them. When Israel first came into the land of Egypt, Pharaoh and all the land welcomed them and blessed them because of Joseph, gave them the best part of Egypt. Go live in the land of Goshen, that's the best place. They treated the people of God great, blessed them, and as, uh, and as God made that covenant with Abram, the, I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you. And so even though Pharaoh, Israel was in Egypt, as long as if Egypt was blessing the people of God, God's going to bless Egypt. But if you start cursing the people of God and you start persecuting them, guess what? It's not going to end up well for you. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter even if it's America. Doesn't matter if we if we turn the moment we turn our back on Israel, the moment God turns His face towards us. And um, but over time, Israel forgot about the people of God, began to persecute them, and began to rule against them, pass laws that were against the people of God. But it wasn't until 400 years after Israel first showed up in the land that God finally started bringing judgment upon Egypt. And in that judgment, God delivered his people out of the land of Egypt. Why 400 years? I don't know. That's what God said, 400 years. But 400 years was the number between the time Israel first showed up Things changed over those 400 years, and then finally judgment came, and God got his people out. You put up picture number one on, on November 11th, 1620. Pilgrims sailed into Cape Cod in search of a land that they could worship God as they wished. Without being ruled over and being self-governed, these pilgrims wrote a contract it's known as the Mayflower Compact. You learned about the Mayflower in school. This was them. And this is what they said. In the name of God, amen. We, we whose names are underwritten, just, it's just one boat, one ship of people. They didn't have to sign their names to all this stuff, but yet they took this seriously. The loyal subject of our dread sovereign Lord, King James, by the grace of God, of Great Britain, France, and Ireland King, defender of the faith, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, Dubai, these presents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another. That was this nation's beginning. And last week was 400 years since that happened. And where are we now, 400 years later? Are we still as a nation, as the people of this country, are we still in pursuit of the glory of God? Are we still seeking to advance the Christian faith as these pilgrims signed their name on this document that they made before God? 
Or has this nation forgot its beginning? Has this nation forgot the people of God? Has this nation started to persecute the Christians and the people of God? Just like the Egyptians did, things were well in the beginning. But 400 years later, things weren't so well for Egypt. 400 years have passed. And the way things are looking, at least in my eyes, is like judgment of God might be coming. And if so, then that means God will be taking his people out, just like he did in Egypt. If America has turned into Egypt, then there's no reason to stay around. Then we had better start packing our bags. Joe Biden or Donald Trump really doesn't matter too much if time is running out, does it? We need to be tuning in to the Spirit of God more than ever before and listening for that great trumpet sound, that trumpet of God, because those heavenly promises that are promised to the church, that are given to you and I, I believe they're about to come to pass. And we need to tune our ears and our eyes to Jesus Christ and then to the Spirit of God because if the 400 years is coming and if judgment is getting ready to come to this world, that means he's getting ready to take his people out of here and I want to be a part of that. I don't want to get let these things hold me back and cause me to fall away or, or forsake the ways of God. But no, we got to stand true to the word of God. We got to keep him close in our hearts and our minds. Amen. Why don't we do that as we begin to worship the Lord tonight? Why don't we just call upon the name of the Lord? Thank him for his grace. Thank him for this opportunity to be a part of this great thing. But God, help us not to forget, God, to fall away My God, in these last how days. Great how great you how are, great, Jesus. How great help us to remain are. strong, to remain faithful, to remain committed, God, to pray more than ever before. Oh, my God, how great you Hallelujah, are. Lord, you will deliver your how people great, great as you have. You
let's give him praise. Hallelujah. You are great, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for giving us salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you for grafting us in. Help us not to take it for granted, God. Lord, that we always remember where we came from and why we're here that we do not stumble and fall in these last days. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Knowing the, knowing the history of Israel and the, the, uh, the account of the Exodus, we look back and we say, man, how foolish it would be for an Israelite to say, I'm staying in Egypt. How foolish. We're, we're going to be given the same opportunity. Either we're going with God or we're going to get left behind in Egypt. And so we got to make sure that we're in tune with God. And we get our eyes focused on Him because it's coming. I believe it's coming. Amen. That means the great promises of God and, and heavenly blessings are right, right upon us. Amen. Amen. That gives us hope, gives us strength and courage to fight through the day. Amen. And we will see God soon. Amen. God bless you all. Just miss Jesus' name. Don't forget 9 o'clock tomorrow, the boxes, many.